No, nothing. Nothing happens on the show. It's just like life. Shobi and Vic in I Know Nothing. We Know Nothing. We were just saying how busy things have come. <sighs> become. So all of a sudden, everything is just crazy. Now that we're out of lockdown, weather's amazing. There is just a lot happening. There's a lot to do, a lot to get ready for, a lot of presents buying going on and now we can have appointments and go to the doctors and stuff i've got so many things i need to do mm. i don't know they're not being excited about the doctors no they're not all of it's <laughs> exciting but that's on my list of things to do and dentist well, also well, not i want to go to the these dentist. Are things i need to do yeah me too i need i need to book in for a, mm. a clean at the dentist me but too. um uh, I did go to the doctor the other day actually but you know what you can go to the doctor anytime and you can do a phone consult yeah, but what if I don't want to do? What if I want my bloods tested and oh, things? Go to the doctor. Yeah, I will now, oh, but okay. I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, you probably I'm here with could, all the helpful advice. You probably could, but now it's you know you everything. Could. Do you, you know what I'm trying to say? Like I now, do. all of a sudden, everything's open. We can do everything again. It's a lot more convenient. It's just too more, too much. Can I ask a now, question, please? Have you been to the shops? No, I was thinking of going tomorrow. It's cup mm. day. I don't have anything crazy planned. I need a down day. Mm. And I was thinking of just strolling on down to the shops if they're open. Yeah, well, they will be. Actually, I went to Kmart the other day. So I bought <gasps> a cheap to costume to surprise my niece and nephew. They're doing trick or treat. Cute. They're really excited for Halloween. So um, I went and got Joker outfit from Kmart. It was actually pretty good. As in like Joker. Heath Ledger yeah. Joker? And I wore it to their place and they were so cute. They loved it. My ne- my nephew was like, you look so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Those pants are really cool. That's so cute. that was really nice. Um, but yeah, Kmart was hectic and it was in Camberwell and the Camberwell markets were on. Oh. And I was like, why am I doing this to myself? I was actually thinking of going mm. to the Camberwell market mm. yesterday. Yeah. But I didn't think of well, it until like... Well, it's back. Three o'clock. It was a bit mm, too late, too but late. I want to do the Camberwell market because yeah. I've got so much stuff I want to sell. Oh, you should. Yeah, I'm I'll going come and to buy it. Well, you. Oh, great. Well, I won't bother going to the market, <laughs> but it looks better when it's in the market. <laughs> and my last question: Who was your favourite celebrity um, Halloween? Ooh, see, I've only seen a, a little, a few little bits and pieces. I saw John yeah, Legend and that Chris was actually good. Adam's family. That was yeah, cute. Very good. But I've barely seen anything. What about Reese Witherspoon? What was she? She was Tippi Hedren in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I need to go and have a look at these properly because <laughs> it's, it's all just good. been a whirlwind. Um, my daughter, she she was Angelina Jolie. I'll see. <gasps> I'll show you a quick, quick picture of her. God, amazing. And this is her friend. See if you know who this is, you'll know. The girl out of it's not Scream. Yeah, it's is Drew, it Scream? Drew Barrymore. <laughs> they look so good. How yeah. fun's Halloween? So good. All right. Your so turn today. My turn today. What are we doing? You know what? I've uh, flipped and flopped and <laughs> changed my mind and gone around in circles. As we tend to do. As we tend to do. And I was looking at the news and stuff and I guess the Big news story at the moment that it ha- kind of has everybody wondering is the Cleo Smith yeah. case. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that one, but I did want to talk about it because I think it is just so awful. What what a terrible position to be in because as much as the police say that those parents are not suspects in her case – the amount of, you know, 
vitriol that they're receiving mm. by social media and, and even from some news articles. Mm-hmm. So terrible. Mm-hmm. And how everybody kind of turns into an arm cra- armchair critic and I just don't think it's helpful. Well, we it all was kind the same of do with it. the McCann's parents, McCann, Madeline McCann's parents yeah. as well. They copped a lot and yeah. I suppose her parents always do with it, which would be really hard. That's the last thing that you need when you're in that situation mm. when your kid's gone missing yeah. to get the blame. Yeah, awful. Anyway, so it made me want to look at this other case. So if I say the name Kathleen Folbig, to you, does that mean anything no. to you? Educate me. Okay, I will. It's a very interesting case. These are some of the headlines about Kathleen Folbig. Mm-hmm. So she's been described as Australia's worst female serial killer. She Ooh. has been called a baby killer. She has been called cold-hearted evil. She's been called Australia's most hated woman. Wow. Uh, she's been called a lot of things. So I want to tell you about her. So over a 10-year period between 1989 and 1999, Kathleen Folbig gave birth to four children, Patrick, Sarah, Laura and Caleb. And between the ages of 19 days and 18 months of mm. age, those children all died. It's mm, really sad. It is really sad. In 2003... Kathleen Folbig was actually – so they, they all died and, and at the time all of those deaths were kind of determined that they, they were Sid's deaths, mm-hmm. okay? But in 2003, her husband actually read some of her diaries and there were a few things in her diaries that made him question what had happened to those children and he Freaky. took those diaries. Were they still together, sorry, the husband and Kathleen? Yeah, but they, yeah. Weren't, they weren't happy but then, you, mm-hmm. again, you have to imagine that they've endured this mm-hmm. this 10 years of absolute heartbreak yeah. in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2003 she was charged with murder and that same year a jury convicted her of smothering those four children. Mm-hmm. She, she was sentenced to 40 years in prison uh, for murder and manslaughter, she was branded, you know, yeah, a worst female serial killer. Mm-hmm. So 18 years into her sentence, so n- and almost 20 years after the death of her last child, um, there's a growing list of scientists who say that they believe that she is innocent mm-hmm. and that she's the victim of an ongoing miscarriage of justice. So what? the interesting thing about her case is that although – it was ruled that she smothered those children. There was absolutely no evidence of that. Mm. Um, her Doesn't conv- there have to be evidence to um, no. charge someone? No. No. Um, Unless they say that they're guilty? No. I thought. Because she certainly has never said that she's guilty. Mm. So um, her convictions are really obtained by subjective um, and circumstantial evidence. So the the prosecution, um, obviously, their case was that she did smother the children. Um, And basically the other thing that they kind of lent on in this case was a thing called Meadows Law. So there there were two factors, I guess, in her conviction. One one was Meadows Law and the second one was her diary entries. Mm -hmm. So Meadows Law is a law that's been kind of applied. um, It's a logic, I guess, that's applied um, when it comes to multiple deaths of children from the same family 
And basically what it says is that one is a tragedy, two is suspicious and the third is murder unless mm. proven otherwise. Mm. Is this an Australian It's thing? actually um, – it's from a UK um, oh. paediatrician called Roy Meadow. So right up until 2003 he was seen as, as by many as Britain's most eminent paediatrician and he was an expert on child abuse. Um, however, and, and so th- – that law, it got a lot of convictions mm-hmm. um, right up until the year that Kathleen was actually charged with murder in 2003. His reputation started to go into decline because there were a lot of um, legal reverses for his theories mm. um, and he was actually deregistered um, by the General Medical Council for, for tendering misleading evidence in mm. a case. Um He's been reinstated, that licence, in 2006, but Meadows' law is it's largely discredited mm-hmm. today. But I guess his theory was that it doesn't happen. It's just so out of the, the realms of possibility that three children can, can die from natural causes from the same family. And he his theory was that really it was, it was Munchausen's by proxy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means? Munchausen's by proxy? It basically means when you when um, a mother kills um, her children to gain sympathy for mm-hmm. herself, mm-hmm. yeah. Because Munchausen's is when you do that yourself to when yourself. You create, yeah, um, by proxy is when you do it to somebody else. Yeah. So basically, in in her case, the prosecution asked of their experts that in your in your experience or in any of the literature, are you aware of any cases of SIDS from the same family from natural causes and all of the prosecution's experts said no. Subsequently, there was an inquiry um, and that inquiry found that there actually were papers that had recorded instances of multiple deaths of three or more children from the same family due to natural causes. Okay, then the second thing was the circumstantial evidence of of her diaries. Mm -hmm. Okay, so – and the court – the prosecution really did invite the court to view this as an admission of her guilt. Um, Kathleen had kept diaries since she was 10 years old and the prosecution kind of focused on her diary entries over the 10 years in which she'd lost these children. Um, in total, she had written about 40,000 words wow. in that 10-year mm-hmm. um, period. Um, however, the prosecution kind of really relied on about 30 of those mm-hmm. words to convict her, mm. really. Not, still not really clear whether anyone at trial had actually read her complete diary mm-hmm. entries, but there were a few entries that were highlighted and, and, and used as evidence of her, her guilt and almost a, as evidence of her confessing. Mm. Um, one of them was an entry about her daughter, Sarah's death and it said that I miss her but I'm not sad that Laura is here and she isn't. And in another entry referring to Sarah, she said she left with a bit of help. However, again, it is really subjective because if you <laughs> if you think about that in the context of a woman who's deliberately murdered her children, it sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it through the lens of a woman who has had or tragedies mm. and is probably mentally mm-hmm. struggling and emotionally not in a good place mm. and has probably been into the depths of darkness mm. and has a lot of 
guilt and, you know, just as a mother would when something happens mm. to your children, it takes on a different meaning. So it is really subjective to whoever's reading it. So are they the 30 words that were They're yeah, used them. Yeah. against yeah. her in court? Correct. Wow. Um, yeah, because then what are the words that are around them and yeah, if they yeah. haven't read the rest of them? Yeah. So in 2015, her lawyers actually asked for an inquiry on the basis that Australia's leading forensic pathologist, he went back and read all the pathology reports on all of the four children and mm. he concluded that two of her children died of SIDS, one of them died of epilepsy and then and the other one died of, I think this is how you pronounce it, mycolitis, but basically it is a heart condition mm. um, that can lead to cardiac arrest. Mm-hmm. Wow, okay. Um, so, th- so that then triggered an inquiry and, and the inquiry heard from a range of experts, forensic pathologists, neurologists, cardiologists, immunologists, genetic experts. Plus I actually heard from Kathleen Volbig herself in relation to her diaries. In that inquiry, there were three kind of eminent uh, pathologists, um, Professor Stephen Cordner, Professor Johan de Flew, and John Hilton, they each agreed on a natural cause of death in each of those children. Mm. Uh, Kathleen's lawyer said she'd never heard of three pathologists agreeing on a natural cause of death and having that person still remain in mm-hmm. jail. Mm-hmm. Um, both teams of experts found that there was a genetic mutation and the short word for this is, or the acronym for it is CALM2, and it is known to cause this lethal cardiac arrhythmia. Mm-hmm. And it, this could be a genetic mutation that she carried and has passed on to her children. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's quite significant, this finding. So they then invited the the world authority, the leading world world authority in genetics, Professor Peter Schwartz, um, to, to review this. And, and, and he, he said that they have a known registry of calm-related deaths um, that is attributed to this genetic mutation and that all of those children um, either died of this um, arrhythmia or have had cardiac arrest mm. because of it. Okay, but again, like this expert testimony, it was overlooked in that inquiry, again, due to the content of her diaries. What? (laughs) It doesn't add up. Right? It doesn't make sense. No. So now there's a petition that over, um, petition that she be pardoned. So 90 scientists have signed this petition saying that the children probably died of you know natural causes and they argue that it's actually genetics Mm -hmm. that killed these children not murder or manslaughter Mm -hmm. um and you know they said that miss volbeck has suffered and continues to suffer emotionally and psychological drama and physical abuse in custody because can you imagine what it is like in prison for a woman who's been accused of killing her four children Mm. imagine that she hasn't done it Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's horrible. So she's still in prison. She is still in prison. What state is she in? New South Wales. Yeah. Yeah, so among the signatories to that petition are two Nobel laureates along with the president of the Australian Academy of Science and also uh, along the list of signatories, they they don't only come from Australia, eight other countries, four are from the US. What does her husband have? They have separated and I think he believes that she's she's guilty. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah. 
he does now, obviously. They went through that trial and he went to the police with his suspicions. He's remarried and he has a child. Wow. Huge for him to have gone to the – taken that to the police. I'm surprised this isn't a movie. It probably will be. In 2018, after her attorneys asked the geneticist to look at the case, the, the, the scientists actually sequenced sequenced her genome and the genome of her children and that's when they discovered that they have this rare mutation in their genes called the CALM2 mutation. This group of scientists definitely conclude that that variant definitely changed Sarah and Laura's heart rhythms. Mm. The other children had different health issues because one of them did have epilepsy as mm-hmm. well. So, wow. so really interesting. Uh, so apart from th- that circumstantial evidence still being the basis for her against this scientific evidence there that does not that just doesn't seem right mm. so there is a call that we have a criminal case review commission in australia we don't have that at the moment so there is a model that exists in the uk there is a model that exists in norway canada have just announced that they will be implementing a review commission um, and it's basically an avenue for people who've exhausted their rights to an appeal through the courts to seek a, a review of their case through totally independent mm-hmm. um, sources. Sources that aren't – well, that aren't – it's a commission, so you've got to answer to them. You can't just go and ask anyone off the mm-hmm. street. But they're not – it's not aligned to a politician. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it, – you wouldn't go through those ordinary um, avenues. I guess the other thing is too that people like Kathleen have had to kind of rely on the generosity of, of, of lawyers – to take on her case mm-hmm. and to do this work for her. Yeah, a lot of people have put themselves out there with this and signed the pro- – it sounds like a lot of – they truly believe. believe in it. Yeah. Um. So they're putting themselves out there with it and putting their name on it. But, yeah, it is a huge thing for them to all back her like that. But this is the thing. So should – Forensic science, so you know, we've seen we've seen DNA, and and the the leaps and bounds that they're making in this field now, especially with genetics as well. I mean, this could overturn many mm-hmm. uh, convictions, but shouldn't that be? Shouldn't science, hard based facts, take precedence mm. over subjective material like somebody's diary entry? You'd think so. You well, think of all of the times that it does. Yeah. Well, it doesn't in our courts. Yeah. Um, so that is very scary. Isn't it? Um, anyway, I don't have an outcome for you <laughs> yet because this is still mm. ongoing. But um, I think it is really important to think about this. And and not only – like, I mean, this woman's been convicted, but also when you're just kind of discussing cases that haven't had a conclusion. Yeah. You don't know. We shouldn't jump to them. It's so sad. Yeah. Sorry, I I just yawned. (laughs) I'm really sorry. (laughs) That was not a yawn-worthy episode. It was actually very interesting. Um, That's okay. No offence taken. Um, It is (laughs) four o'clock in the afternoon, so you're probably due for a nap. It's (laughs) 5.30. It's an hour off bedtime. Um, Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think we should have an independent... A criminal case review commission, I do. Definitely. There's no reason that they shouldn't do it. Yeah. And in the meantime, like, I mean, imagine that she hasn't done it. So she's been mm. – she, I mean, she's spent almost 20 years in prison. She has been completely – 
completely maligned. Her character's been assassinated. She's lost her marriage. She has. She gets maligned. Like we've even had prison guards giving interviews about her and her being manipulative. Um, she's been like maligned in the papers for actually wasting taxpayers' money mm. by trying to have appeals and mm. and um, inquiries and and things like that. Twenty years is such a long time as well to be in prison. If she hasn't done it, yeah. If she has done it, that's still a long time. But and she, you know, what a waste! Her whole life is completely ruined. And she's always maintained her innocence. Mm-hmm. She has had a quite a tragic life as well. So, one of her other diary entries said, "I am my father's daughter." Now, her father spent fifteen years in prison for killing her mother, um, Kathleen's mother, when mm-hmm. she was, I think, she was only two years old. She spent a lot of her childhood in foster care. Mm. Uh, so her whole life has been fairly tragic. Rough. Yeah. I want to really keep an eye on this one. Me too. See what happens next. Yeah, yeah thank you. Mm. That was, I have never, I don't remember ever hearing about this woman, so I will definitely keep an eye out too. Okay. Great work. Thank you. You're an investigative journalist. <laughs> mm, on the Signing case. off. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. No, nothing. Nothing happens on the show. It's just like life. Shobie and Vic in... I know nothing. We know nothing.